0: Hi everyone, I'm Brent Love, and this is Hope Works, a podcast by Hope Surrogacy. For this season of Hope Works, we've asked intended parents to share what it's like to build their families through surrogacy. Today, I'm so excited to introduce you to Amy. Amy and her husband, Evan, are the parents of two sweet kids, Violet and Bram. Both of their kids arrived into the world through surrogacy, and in this episode, Amy shares her story, which starts when she was just a kid herself. Amy knew she wanted to be a mom when she was little, but as a teenager, she found out she wouldn't be able to carry a pregnancy. Her journey started then, when a dial-up internet connection was what she had to get a little bit of information about surrogacy. We recorded this episode at Amy's house in a beautiful room full of her kids' art and toys. You could tell this space is full of magic that the kids bring into the world. And, during the episode, you might hear a little bit of their real life. The family dogs were in another room, you might hear them barking, and at one point a few trucks came through as a contractor began to do a little work on the house. That's just Amy's busy mom life, and I totally love it. Today, Amy shares the 17-year journey she took to become a mom. And she shares what it's like to work with two different surrogates. Amy and Evan's first surrogate joined their journey with the intention of carrying more than one baby for the family. However, after the first delivery, it's clear that that wouldn't be an option for them, so a second surrogate stepped in to help bring their second child into the world. What was it like for Amy to finally become a mom and to work with two different surrogates? Well, Amy tells the story perfectly. hi amy hi <laughs> <laughs> um i'm really excited to talk to you and uh to talk about your journey mm-hmm. especially because we have talked a lot already yes, yes. <laughs> and i know a lot about it already and i just <laughs> love your story and i um, love that a lot of other people get to hear it mm-hmm. um, and of course like for me the parenting journey is so exciting and it starts for all of us at different times. And I kind of want to start there with you. Sure. Where, uh, where does your parenting journey start? And um, when did you know that you wanted to be a mom?
1: Oh, from a very young age, I knew that I wanted to be a mom. Um, I've always gravitated towards young children, um, babies, uh, I played with, I'd like to say I played with baby dolls until it was socially unacceptable and then played <laughs> behind closed doors. Um, I was, I was, I was that girl. Um, I was kind of destined, um, to be in a motherly role, um, from, from a very young age.
0: And you, um, you had a, a, kind of traditional nuclear family with siblings and
1: yeah mom and dad and um there were three girls so I have two um amazing sisters I'm very close to them
0: um can I ask uh you know what it was like for you growing up like positive like did that influence your wanting to be a mom just kind of the way you grew up and the place you grew up in
1: absolutely absolutely um my mom is the most amazing person I know um, she has incredible strength and um great faith and she loved us all unconditionally. <laughs> yeah. Um, still does. I think she still loses sleep over what we're doing and where <laughs> we're at in life. But I was yeah. very lucky, yes, yeah. to to grow up with a very close family and very close with them. Everyone. Yeah.
0: And you and in the middle of growing up in the in that close family you start dreaming of becoming sure. a mom. Yeah. Um so When then, and I know the answer to this question, which Mm -hmm. is why it's the next part of your story. When did you know that becoming a mom was going to look different for you than, than the other people around you? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, when I was about 15 or 16, I still hadn't received my period and it was at just kind of your yearly, um, checkup with, you know, your doctor before school starts or your annual. And we just kind of brought it up and, um, she just thought it would be just good to just run some tests and see if there was something, something underlying, um, that was going on. And, um, I had some blood work done and a series of other tests. And then um, an ultrasound showed that my uterus had not developed um, while in utero. And um, as a result, that I would never be able to carry a pregnancy or get pregnant. Um, but it looked like I still had two ovaries that were healthy and were um, producing eggs. So from that moment on, I guess that's where my, um, that's where my, one, my infertility journey started, um, which is a little early, um, earlier than, than most people. Um, and two, where ultimately my surrogacy journey started too.
0: So you were a teenager. Yeah. Um, and you find out that you're not going to carry a pregnancy. Right. Right. It's heavy. Um, when, and and at that time, you know, maybe you're not thinking so much about pregnancy, but yeah. you're, you know, we've talked before about, because I, you know, grew up gay and I knew yeah. that my journey was going to be different. Right. And so you're comparing yourself to other teenagers mostly at that time. But how did you find out about surrogacy? Because I also know that you didn't grow up around a lot of those kinds of resources. You didn't have a lot of people who knew about those kinds of things.
1: No, in your life. no. And I, I, I don't. I think it's becoming more and more commonplace, but I don't think a lot of a lot of people do. Um, I mean, this was in the '90s, you know, and even infertility was pretty unheard of. No one really talked about that openly either. Um, so, I did a lot of um, research on my own, mm-hmm. um, and. You Did know, you
0: have? Was the internet because that's when the internet the was. Internet. Because ha- I didn't. I wouldn't have had it at right, that time. You know, right. so
1: we yes, yeah, so the dial-up internet uh-huh. became my best friend. Wow. Um And I wow. just researched a lot of um, my my own condition and diagnosis, um, and just kind of came across that surrogacy would be an option for me, um, especially since I was producing was producing eggs.
0: Yeah. Um, so you kind of get through that time of your mm-hmm. life. Um, yeah. You have the support of your parents. Yes. yes. You have, um, you have physicians in your life who are kind of working with you, but they're not talking to you necessarily about fertility and about parenting. You're just kind of getting through like, mm-hmm. okay, what, what am I going to do next? Mm-hmm. Um, then one of the next big steps for you is um, kind of getting into college. Yeah. Um, and I think, and you mentioned that your you know your diagnosis yeah. empowered you in many ways. Mm-hmm. You became a women's studies major mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. so that's awesome, mm-hmm. but also it became difficult because at that time you're starting to date
1: right, right you know I think starting when I was in high school um it wasn't so much the focus of how am I going to be a mother, it was more in that this somehow makes me different right in high school, yeah. it's all about you want to you want to fit in you yeah. want to be quote-unquote normal whatever that is um and yes in college i kind of um didn't didn't view it so much as a defect anymore and i kind of reclaimed what was going on with me and really grew from it and was em- empowered by it um and around that time. I mean, um, I dated some other people. And, um, when I was about 25, I met, um, Evan, who is now my husband and, um, yeah, and had a really, had a, a really good experience. Um, one of the things I was thinking about as we were sitting here was, um, I did have some people leave because they, they wanted to be a father someday, or they wanted to be a parent someday. Um, and, kind of, um, viewed my inability to carry a pregnancy as kind of a, a reason, a reason to leave. Um, and then insert Evan. And, um, I remember feeling like I had to tell him right away.
0: So how, um, how did you talk to Evan about it and what was his reaction that was so great, um, that you decided, okay, this is a person that I want to do this with
1: yeah um so i um I decided that i that I wanted to share this information um with Evan um just kind of as we were um getting closer, and I remember telling him that you know I was born without a uterus um I'm not gonna be able to you know get pregnant or carry a pregnancy, and I was expecting you know this like reaction of some sort, and he's just super cool. And he's like, okay. And he's like, I'm like, well, you know, do you, and he's like, we'll figure it out. Like, well, it's not, it's not an issue. It's, it's not a big deal. Um, we'll figure it out as we go. And, um, one of the things, um, if you know, Evan, he has this, um, just this great sense of integrity. He's just a really good, solid person. Mm. Um, with incredible strength. and he kind of helped me see that that accepting myself, um, that it wasn't a deterrent um, to to a future um, with someone and that I was whole as just as I was, regardless of an in, inability, like it wasn't it wasn't even a question.
0: How did you feel kind of getting that from him?
1: You know what? I mean, at the time I was kind of like, are you sure? Like, (laughs) you know, I kept wanting to make it an issue because for so long it had been for me. And he was like, "Amy, it's like, everybody's got their stuff. Like, we'll figure it out. It's not, it's not a big deal. Like, um, you know, and, and he stayed and I, and uh, obviously, obviously he stayed. (laughs) We're sitting in our house, but, um.
0: But at some point he just kept reiterating to you, like, this is going to be fine. We're going to do it. It's
1: going to be fine. And, and I, maybe it took me a while just to keep even saying that to myself, like, yeah, it's going to be fine and we will figure it out. And we did. And, um, we kind of knew that surrogacy was going to be our first step in family building. And, yeah. um, if for whatever reason, you know, that didn't pan out, then, then we would find just another way of building our family, but that we definitely did want to be, um, parents someday.
0: So when as a couple did you start pursuing this first option of surrogacy? Yeah.
1: Um, so we kind of knew we were together for quite a long time before we got engaged. And then um, actually shortly after we got engaged, we met with um, the the doctor at our reproductive clinic and just kind of got the ball rolling. Um, I learned a from um, my doctor that they had a gestational carrier program. And so we just, we just started the process because we knew that um, we didn't really need to wait after we got married. We were in our early 30s and that we were ready to start our family.
0: Do you remember what it felt like to start and mm-hmm. to have those first appointments um, and kind of what you were thinking and feeling at mm-hmm. that time?
1: Oh, pure excitement. Joy. Um, I was more than ready, um, to, to get going and to start and to just finally, you know, hopefully finally be, be a mother, be a mom.
0: So you have that first appointment and, and was it, how long after you got married are you starting this journey?
1: Yeah, so we, like I said, right shortly after we got engaged, we we had we just that was the start of the process, right? Um, and then through our reproductive clinic, um, we were given um, Mary and Leanne's information.
0: So you got a referral to Mary we, and Leanne we got from a referral the clinic
1: from the clinic. Yep. Yeah.
0: What was that? Do you remember that first meeting and what it was like? And the questions you were hoping would be answered. Kind of what were you looking for?
1: Yeah, I mean, meeting with them was, again, for, for us. And I think because we came to surrogacy um, just from a completely different um, journey than some people do where, you know, it was 17 years in the making for me, like I had waited almost my entire life for for this moment and to be at this part of my journey. And um, meeting with them was was um Obviously Mary is wonderful and Leanne and um, we felt very comfortable with them. Um, I felt like I had known them forever and we just we got a lot of our um, our questions answered and also received just a lot more information about um, about the process um, that that we weren't even aware of.
0: Do you remember what your expectations were at that point about who, you were looking for in a surrogate and how long it would take and what your hopes were before it even started?
1: Well, I think you want it to take like five minutes, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) totally. That's not the case. (laughs) That's not the case.
1: It's a hurry up and wait game. But, um, you know, I'm just thinking about different characteristics and obviously you want someone who's nurturing, um, someone who's kind, someone that's going to take good care, uh, you know, of your baby and just an all around, just a good, good hearted, solid person.
0: Because you had been thinking about this since you were a very young person. Yes. Did you have, like, an idea of who the surrogate would be? Or, like, had you imagined that Mm-mm. relationship for Not very really. long? Not really. No. So you're, this is all kind of hitting you that you're going to have, like, a woman yeah. and her family in your life yep. as you're kind of signing up to do it. Yeah. Did you know you had the potential to, ha- like, I guess did you know what kind of relationship you were getting into before you started in terms of your relationship with your surrogate? Did you think it was going to be like transactional? Did you think it was going to be?
1: I kind of didn't, I kind of didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know how I was going to feel. I know that we talked earlier just about different apprehensions that I had. Um, And the one that I remember that stands out to me is I was, I I was wondering if I was going to be jealous Mm. of someone carrying my baby. Um, and if I was going to feel connected to her, um, to the carrier. And also it sounds silly in hindsight, but I was wondering if Evan would have any connection to her being that she was carrying her baby and it was Mm. something that, that I couldn't do for him and for our relationship.
0: Can I, when you say connection, you mean like he would have some kind of feeling about her that he wouldn't have about you? Yeah.
1: And like I said, it sounds...
0: I don't think that sounds silly, silly. at all. And
1: I mean, but those were very real feelings and that's... Um,
0: when you don't know, you like really don't know.
1: You really don't know. Yeah. Um, and I, and, and I don't think you can know.
0: And it's crazy also to think that you were on this journey for 17 years up to right. this moment and there was still so little out there... That you didn't know
1: yeah. yeah, what it
0: would be like.
1: Yeah, which is, it's more involved and it should be and it has to be. Yeah. But I don't think when you're just scraping the surface of um, researching or gathering information on surrogacy that you understand the depths um, and whether it's the, you know, the mental screening or, you know, having a physical and getting cleared by, you know, your health provider and, um, you know, the legal aspects and everything like that. And like I said, it needs to, that those need to be in place that's necessary in order to have, um, you know, a healthy surrogacy journey from start to finish for everyone involved.
0: Yeah. Um, did you know immediately that you wanted to sign up with Mary and Leanne, um, you know, as your contacts to the agency? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you sign up right away? Yeah, Because uh, <laughs> yeah. I know We're they give like, you like this here's big my packet. application. Yeah, right. What do I
1: need to do? Like, let's I mean, let's we turned it around rolling. in twenty four
0: hours. I remember after oh, my yeah. meeting, I was yeah. like, no, no, let's go. I'm ready. I know. I'm ready. Um, yeah. Yeah. We were, we we were very similar kind of in In the idea. Well, and also that we knew we wanted to be parents and we knew we weren't carrying a pregnancy. And so we were like, let's do this. I don't need to wait around. Yeah. You know, I'm ready to go. Um,
1: I dealt with all the emotional stuff. Like I'm, (laughs) yeah, yeah. let's go. Let's go. Um,
0: how long until you met your surrogate and what can, what was the wait like for the match?
1: Um, it wasn't terribly long. I think, um, we we turned in our application in January mm-hmm. and I think I heard from Mary that she had someone that would be um a great match for us like in March and then our wow. our match meeting was in um May. Wow. Mhm.
0: Do you remember the application? You know, I think you get a you got a photo mm-hmm. of her family mm-hmm. and yep. her. Yeah. Um all everyone who works with the agency has kids so you know you got you know you're seeing a photo of their kids and their right. and uh, her partner yep. do you remember what in the application some of the things that stood out to you or or that you would just even remember about it cuz it was a while ago
1: um just that um she really wanted to um have a relationship with the intended mother um where she she really wanted to share every single aspect of the pregnancy possible with the intended mother. Um, aside from that, I mean, she just seemed really, um, hearted and just it meant a lot for her to be able to have this experience as well. Um, and she was, um, dedicated to making it happen in any way possible.
0: Do you remember the photos? I remember the photos. Do. Of, I yeah. do. Do you? What were like? Were they the, the holiday photo? Were they, what was it like? It was
1: probably from their Christmas card. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, but it, they're just this um, beautiful blonde-haired, blue-eyed blonde family. <laughs> you know, yeah. like picturesque. Um, yeah. So it was it was fun to see that. It made it more real, and if we got all their information. And I think I you know shared it with everyone that kind of knew um that we were on our you know starting our journey and um yeah it was it was really fun to just start to picture um
0: like that it could be that that it could like this is this is real real. this is a real person
1: like this is um yeah it just every step just felt better and better
0: um, so you're you're set up for the match meeting, you're meeting at the agency, you're about to meet this woman that you've read about, and you've mm-hmm. seen her pictures, mm-hmm. um, you're going to meet her and her husband. Husband, yeah. What was that match meeting like, kind of, do you remember what it felt like to go and before you met her, kind of what your feelings were?
1: Yeah, I, it's nervous, but it's an excited nervous. It's like, I feel like giddy right now even talking about it, because um, it was the, just the start of something very, very special.
0: Did you um did you have that sense that you're about to like do something really awesome? Yeah. So can you describe the moment of, of meeting her?
1: Yeah. Um it's just such a, a warm, loving person. And um like I said, they're just this beautiful, down to earth, just compassionate couple that um, but just really wanted to help yeah. another, um, another couple build their family.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Can you describe what you talked about and kind of how, what the meeting was like, like what did you do in the meeting? And, um, I also know, you know, there's kind of after the meeting mm-hmm. and getting to know them because, so can you just describe like the meeting and like what happened, what happened after?
1: Yeah. Uh, during the meeting, we um, just kind of chatted um, and kind of all got on the same, got on the same page. Um, Mary and Leanne, again, described kind of the process and um, how everything would happen, um, all the lovely hoops that you need to jump through at various times. and um, some difficult
0: questions in there. You very know, difficult about questions. Just about worst case scenario. Worst kind case of scenario. Stuff, yeah. yeah.
1: What if the carrier's health is compromised? What if the baby's health is compromised? Um how many embryos to transfer, um, you know, I mean, but it's, it's good. It's, you have to have those tough conversations and it's better to have them on the forefront than as an after, you know, and after, then you have to have them as an afterthought when you're actually in it. Um, and again, I think it just goes to show just how it is. It is a serious thing. Um, and they do really want to protect, you know, everyone involved. And there are reasons that all of these, those steps have been put in place. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and once you kind of get through all the all the sticky stuff, then you get to the fun stuff, and everyone's all, like, nervous and giddy, and we went out for lunch afterwards, and we kind of talked a little bit just about, like, their family, and they had two girls, and um, just kind of even just more about ourselves and what we like to do and, um, and exchange contact information, and then kind of went on our merry little way.
0: Do you remember, because the, the match meeting is for both the carrier and for parents is the moment it's kind of the last moment before mm-hmm. y- you sign a parentage agreement together. Yes. And the parentage agreement is when you really are moving forward right. as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, so the match meeting is also kind of your last and biggest moment to kind of make a judgment call Yeah, yeah. about whether or not you want to work with this um, carrier and with her family or you're not really working with her family, but they're supporting That's her. So you're, you're well, on a journey together. Yeah. 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 And so was there, do you remember anything from the, from that match meeting where you thought, ah, okay, yeah, this is anything she said or kind of the way they were together that made you feel like, yep, I can do this with them. I like, I'm going to do it.
1: Yeah. You know what? Honestly, I'm a big believer in energy. Um, and I just felt really comfortable with both of them. Like right from the get go, it wasn't difficult. Like it just really flowed. Um, and like I said, they're just such down to earth, just kind people. And I just kind of knew that we would be lucky, um, if we would be matched with them.
0: Can I ask, um, a little bit about the preparation for getting pregnant? Because Mm -hmm. you talked about, you talked about, um, you used your eggs. Yes. And, um, and she also has to prepare her body medically to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, can I ask about like kind of the timing of, of that and how it worked? Yeah. Um.
1: Um, so we kind of started um, the, like the medications and the injections, um, I would say sometime in, in August. So basically it's like an IVF cycle if, if anyone's done that, but it's split um, if you're doing a fresh transfer, which we were. Um, so they kind of pumped up my ovaries and got them to produce um Follicles, they stimulated them to produce follicles, Um, and And the follicles where the egg is is the egg. Yep, Yep. and then just kind of monitored their growth, Um, and then I did um, they they did an egg um, retrieval, Um, and at the same time, then Evan did um, his sperm sample, Um, and then um, and all the while all the while this is going on, um, our carrier was basically. they're, they're getting her uterus ready to, to accept, um, they're getting it nice and cozy and fluffy in the lining. And so hopefully, um, an embryo would, would stick. And so we're kind of both being monitored and they're because of the timing, especially for a fresh cycle has to be kind of spot on. Um, and yeah, so they did the, did the egg retrieval and then we, um, we had, we had a lot of, um, success with that. We were really lucky. Mm. Um, and then, Um, Our carrier and her husband, they came. This was maybe the middle of September. Um, So we had our match meeting and decided we wanted to work together in May. And then we're doing the transfer of the embryo in mid-September.
0: What was it like to, because anyone who's done IVF knows this, but if you haven't, the preparation for your body is really intense. It there's is. shots and yes. there are, yes. there's medication. The monitoring appointments yeah. are intense yeah. um, as as everything's being watched because it's amazing science, but it isn't easy. So what was it like to go through that at the same time that your surrogate's going through it and kind of doing the shots at the same time and, and all that stuff?
1: Yeah, um, I loved it. I wasn't... It was kind of like I was doing my part to get pregnant and I had never been able to experience that before. Mm-hmm. Um so going in to get ultrasounds or getting blood drawn or even when because you know you're you're you know you're giving yourself injections in the stomach and you get kind of bloated basically but it was kind of like it was like like I was pregnant in yeah. a way if that sounds well, the, I mean, and i really i really that, felt yeah. i i enjoyed it yeah. i enjoyed it but again, I'm talking coming. with
0: her like as it absolutely. was absolutely yeah. all the
1: time <laughs> all the time we became quick friends and yeah. i mean we we just had really great communication
0: were you emailing texting calling Um, a
1: little bit of both um this time around it was a lot of um a lot of emailing, yeah. um, you know, and, and obviously some texting and stuff like that. Um, but yeah.
0: So, uh, what was the transfer like then? Cause, uh, cause it's all building up. It's you're all doing building all these up. shots. Well, and you're you're like, on all these hormones
1: uh-huh. and, she's on all the hormones. She's on all the hormones. And, um, <laughs> I was really emotional. I was mm-hmm. like, poor thing. We were in the, uh, not poor thing, but we were in the, um, the room and it's all quiet in there and they're about to, you know, transfer the embryo and I'm just sitting there just like crying. <laughs> um, and she, you know, got all teary eyed too. And it was just, it was just so surreal and crazy and you get to see it on the monitor and it's just like this little, you know, shooting star. And then, you know, you after you sit there for like 30 minutes um you know before she gets up and gets transferred to another room and so it's just is just the coolest the most nerve-wracking experience to be like oh my gosh that's our this could be our little baby like this is happening
0: there it goes there it goes the very beginning the very beginning of the baby you dreamed of having yeah What happens after that? After a transfer, right. you know? Like right. how do you move forward with your surrogate and what was that like?
1: Yeah. So they um they were from um a town about probably six hours away from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we got a hotel room for them and they stayed in the Minneapolis area, um, overnight and just kind of hung out and she was on bed rest and just kind of slept and stuff like that. Um and, and then they went home and then you just kind of wait and hope and you kind of wait for, um, the next, um, um, I don't know what you'd call it, but the next box to check and that's the, the eight week ultrasound. Um, well actually, no, 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 take it back, take it back, take it back. Well, you're supposed to wait for you're the supposed eight to, week. Well, you're supposed, well, supposed to wait for the wait, blood
0: test. I think. Blood test. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh.
1: I was like, I totally forgot. And of course, and um, our carrier, she, I mean, she wants to know too, right? She was just like ready to, you know, to, to take a pregnancy test as soon as possible. And so I remember my sister was going to turn 30 and I was going up to her birthday party and I'm like, I'm like, if you take a test, I'm like, do not tell, I'm like, I don't want to be thinking about, you know what I mean? Even though I was obviously. So I was like, I was like, I'm kind of going off the grid, like for the weekend, like you can take them, but don't tell me that you are, whatever. And so of course she was, I think she took like every single different kind possible like throughout (laughs) the entire weekend. And, um, so anyway, I, I get home on Sunday night and she calls and we, um, And I I knew something big was going on because we normally texted or emailed and anyway and she's like, I just wanted to be the one to tell you and she's like, But you know, I'm pregnant or like, you know, it's positive (laughs) and I took all these tests and it was like, Oh my gosh, you know, tears and and anyway, um so so that was such just such an amazing moment where she's like, you're gonna be a mommy. And I'm like, of course, tears, tears, tears. So yeah, yeah. and then we, we went to the eight week ultrasound. And sure enough, there, you know, it was a viable pregnancy and you see the little kidney bean with the little flickering heart. And um, yeah, and so that was just such an amazing, amazing moment.
0: What was the pregnancy like then? Because after that point, well, after that point, as I remember it, you really have kind of the milestones mm-hmm. that most pregnancies go yeah. through. You want to make it to um you you want the pregnancy to stay viable and you want to make it to as you know all the way to term. All, all the way to term. But those are all the normal milestones right. that like people go through. So at that point what's you know what's it like to for the to have this pregnancy happening? Right. With your so
1: <laughs> so I and she was so sweet. She shared everything with me. I mean, like I could probably write a book with all the emails that she said. <laughs> she detailed everything, and then we also just shared information just about ourselves and our families and what was going on in our daily life, which was really fun too. Because um, we just really started to establish this solid, solid friendship. Um, and, I, and I bought her like the little stickers, like the baby's the size of a avocado or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so every week. Um, she she would take a picture of her growing belly with a little sticker on it, um, and that was fun for me to see. You know, it was, this was my first time, and I would send her, you know, the funny like pregnancy shirts, like you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and so I was able to kind of experience pregnancy, not only through the information she shared with me, but also in the the purchasing of the yeah. things that I would send her little gifts and stuff like that.
0: Were there Mm. at the t- at this time during the pregnancy are, are you sharing you know the journey with your family absolutely what, yeah what, how are, how's your how is was your family during the pregnancy? How was Evan during the pregnancy what was what was the whole thing like with with all your family?
1: Everyone was really excited I mean I'm sure you know my mom was... Nervous for us too. And, but it was, it was really fun. It was the first on our side. It was the first grandchild that was going to be, that was going to come into the family. Um, but yeah, everyone was really supportive. I mean, we were very open with our story and with our journey and, and all of our friends just supported us a hundred percent. And we're so excited for any new information that.
0: Were you doing all the, the prep thing, the cribs and the, and the, yeah. All yes. That. Yeah.
1: By about 20 weeks into the pregnancy, I think I had, we found out at 15 weeks, um, we did a gender reveal ultrasound and so found out it was a little baby girl. Um, so that was fun. And then it was like game on. So I like mm-hmm. had her room completely finished yeah. by like mid pregnancy. <laughs> um,
0: were you sending any of that stuff to your carrier? Yeah. yeah. Everything. I, yeah. We shared
1: everything. We did. So I she's her, I'd to see like, the, the crib. i be like, here's the new and, yeah. bedding. Here's the crib. <laughs> here's the cute onesie I bought. Like everything.
0: Cute. Yeah. That's
1: really cute. Yeah. Um,
0: so, okay. It, uh, was all leading up to the delivery. Yep. Can you tell me what that story is? I'm sure, sure. you've told it a million times.
1: Yeah. So, um, it was a little bit different. Hmm. Um, I got a call from our carrier at around the 31 week mark and her water had broke while she was at work. Mm. Um, and she was being transported. She lived in kind of a smaller town and so she was being transported to a hospital with a neonatal, um, unit. Um, and it, um, so Evan and I met her and her husband there, um, and she was placed on, on bed rest and they just really monitored her and they monitored, um, the baby and everyone was, I do, was doing fine. Um, and they, it was just kind of a waiting game. Um, if, if baby decided to come again because that she was having contractions and then they just completely stopped. Mm. Um, and so they just kind of said, you know, if baby decides to come again, we're going to let baby come and we feel confident that, you know, she'll be, she'll be just fine. Um, they had all the, the, um, medical team there. We toured the NICU, um, and yeah, and our carrier was just such a trooper. She was so, so strong. No one goes into it saying, you know, I want three weeks of bed Bedwest away from my family. And, um, and her husband was just such a, such a, played such a, an important role in that time as well, and he was home with the girls. And How far away was she
0: from her home? She was home? about
1: 45 minutes away, and... Um, you know? And, at,
0: and at, at the moment you arrived to the hospital, yeah. you didn't know how long you were going to be there. Is we didn't right? know
1: how long yeah. we were going to be there. It was kind of up in the air. So it was kind of emotional for everyone involved just because you kind of have to reset a little bit. Um, but it's kind of one of those godsend moments. I found a house that was available for rent. Um, so basically I moved to Wisconsin um, and waited for waited for baby to come. But um, When did it, you
0: know you were going to be there for kind of long enough to rent a house?
1: Because at um, first well, we you're knew, thinking the water knew, broke yeah, and you got to go, the water and broke have, and you yeah. got to go. Um, you know, thinking baby's going to come. But basically, they said um, they'd keep her on bed rest and then they would induce at 34 weeks because at 34 weeks it's just better for baby to come, um, and they feel that they can they can okay. care for the baby. Otherwise, they're at risk for infection and stuff. Once so
0: you done. know that that
1: baby's going to come and baby's going to be in the NICU. Yeah. Um, so we knew instead of going back and forth and of course I wanted to be there like just a short drive away if, if the, if labor came back. Um, wow. Yeah. That's
0: yeah. A, I mean, I'm feeling as a parent, the nerve wrackingness yeah. of yeah. kind of unknown medical stuff. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, and was- then, and then you described she is far away from her family- she's far
1: away from her family, and it's not easy on her either um and so I would go um and visit and hang out with her every single day um you know try and um buy some cozy clothes mm-hmm. and just different activities um, for her just to to help with that with that stay.
0: What was your relationship with her like during that time
1: um
0: like cause it's I mean, you go from like texting and in emailing yeah, and yeah. all of a sudden you're like sitting and talking all the time,
1: which it was great, which we, even when we would get together, cause I would go and visit her. Um, I felt like I had known her forever and we just honestly had established this really solid, loving, respectful relationship. Um, and yes, she was carrying my baby, but it, I I'm lucky in that it, it, developed into more than that. Um, so we were just kind of like two girlfriends sitting and chatting every day. Um, and it was, yeah, it was, it was enjoyable. And I think that our relationship just spending that extra time together, just being that we live so far away and I wasn't able to visit her and her family as often as I would have liked. So we kind of had that time after all, and even getting to spend more time with her, with her husband and then her two little girls when they were come, it was really special to me and for them to kind of see me and know that I'm real. Um, yeah. and there's this woman out there in, my mom has her baby and her tummy and this woman has wanted to be a mommy forever. And it's really, really, um, important for them to see that and witness that How
0: cool for them.
1: It's so cool. I'm like, even to fully understand someday that, Your mom loved her family, loved you so much that she could not imagine someone else living without that. It's It's really beautiful. So incredible. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's like the purest form of love possible.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Makes me teary. Um, So you get to spend this time together. You get to spend this time together. um, And... Was your daughter then induced? Is yep, that? they
1: induced okay. that thirty four weeks and so, so, what, so we what kind happened? of knew. Right. We yeah. knew that here was a set date. Uh-huh. Evan um,
0: comes down.
1: Yep. Evan came every weekend yeah. and we all hung out together. And then her husband and the girls would come on the weekends too. And so we kind of all hung out as like a little a little group in the hospital room and and um Yeah. So we knew the induction day. And so, you know, Evan and I are so naive that we show up, you know, with our like coffee bright in the morning, like thinking (laughs) we're going to have a baby by like 10 or noon, Uh you know, not the case at all. And so it, it was a pretty long day for everyone, especially for our carrier. And again, I just cannot say just how incredibly strong she was. And the women that choose to be carriers are, um, it's incredible inner strength. That's, um, it's, it's, I keep using the word incredible, but it is, it's incredible to experience and to feel and to and,
0: witness. What did that look like in the room? To like, what were you seeing that like showed that strength and in, in her, you know, can you like during, cause this is the first time that you've ever been in a delivery room. Right. right. Um, so uh, if, in my experience, I had no idea what it actually looked like right. to be in I labor yeah. um, and all that stuff. So kind of what was going on? Um, and what do you feel like you learned on that day watching her go through the delivery and the labor process?
1: Right. So it was kind of a long day and they, um, um, she had an epidural and they were doing the Pitocin, um, just kind of, you know, keep, keep labor going obviously because the body's at 34 weeks isn't necessarily ready, like it is at thirty nine forty weeks yeah. um so it took it took longer um and I know it was a difficult day for her just because everyone's so excited, and you just kind of wait, you know, yeah. um wait for the body to react and and um and then towards the end, um, it was getting to be like late in the night, like we're talking like eleven o'clock, and <laughs> mm-hmm. we were all just so tired and emotional and um anyway, and so and she was being moved, you know, on one side with her leg up. And I mean, it was just, just to get everything to continue to progress. And, and finally it did. Um, So her husband comes like rushing down the hall and he's like, it's you know it's happening like if you want if you want to be there and it's like of course we want oh my to be gosh, there so I'm like rushing in and it was amazing going from just everything just super quiet to this big rush of you know the just setting everything up yeah. and getting everything ready and I just remember walking in and the energy was just so intense and it was like just this connection that I felt with her Um and it it's really hard to describe, but it was just this... I remember just looking at her and being like, you are so s- strong. Like, and just being in awe of her. And I will never forget that, of feeling that, that rush. And... um so and she didn't push for very long and then um, um, Violet um, made her appearance in the world and she was just this little peanut at four pounds um, but she was doing well and she was stable and so um, the NICU team kind of assessed her and then wrapped her up and then we got to hold her just briefly and so I walked her over and showed our carrier and um, and so it was just a really emotional we were just like and after they, they took Violet down to the NICU we just I mean it was just like crying just like thank you like what just happened like it was it's kind of what they say you go from being an infertile couple to all of a being parents in a matter of like a second you know and it's just like it's yeah there's nothing like it
0: been thinking about this specific moment for at this point 17 years yeah yeah did it feel the way you thought it would and did you feel the weight of your journey in that moment
1: i wouldn't say that i felt the weight of my journey in that moment um i just felt pure joy i mean pure joy and it, it took a while, I think, just given, given the length of my journey up to that point to, for me to fully grasp that this was happening, that this mm. was my baby girl um, and that I was, in fact, a mommy. And um, it was it was in the middle of the night. And so we went back to sleep. And so we went to go basically meet Violet in the NICU the next day, um, kind of for the first time. And of course, you know it's everyone their baby's the most beautiful baby, and <laughs> even though they you know they're all you know um but it was it was really fun, and it was fun to do skin to skin with her finally and and Evan as well, and just to even see see him and um, his face and his excitement and because it's his baby girl
0: were there any surprises emotionally or or, you know, just kind of what was going on at the time, things that you didn't expect or that you were kind of learning for the first time, even just like having a baby around?
1: Yeah, well, Violet was in the NICU for two and a half weeks. And mm-hmm. so I would say that it didn't, you know, once once we got home and got settled. Um, but. I think I took on that mother motherly role definitely in the the NICU because you are, you are caring for them. And finally, you know, you're being asked, you know, the questions as to how to, how to care for her. Um, yeah. And I took that really, you know, really seriously. And I, and I loved having the nurses come in and being like, are you mom? And I'm like, yes, I am. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So eventually you bring Violet home. Yep. Um, and I know a lot of the things that happen next, but can you kind of walk us through what your relationship was like with your surrogate after Violet was born Yeah, and then how you got to uh, your second journey?
1: Yeah. Yep. Um, I maintained close contact with, um, with Violet's carrier um, mm-hmm. daily contact and would send, you know, photos and here's what she did or videos or, um, and so, yeah, we, we maintained, we maintained, um, a relationship and our friendship, um, after, after Violet was born. And, um, unfortunately, um, she was unable to carry again just due to the preterm labor and then some medical complications. And so, um, we kind of, um, were in a place where we needed to kind of start from scratch. Again, we knew that we, um, wanted to add to our family, um, and did you have
0: a number in mind of, uh, at this point of how many kids you wanted, especially after right, having right. one and knowing how much work yes, it is? Yes. <laughs> you know, and I
1: think too, I mean, I, I, the, our magic number was three. Yeah. Um, and so we kind of knew that, you know, even though it was, um, difficult for everyone involved, um, for various reasons that we would, um, pursue a relationship with another carrier.
0: Yeah. So how did you handle you know, kind of talking to your carrier, mm-hmm. Violet's carrier, Violet's carrier about your next journey and what that would be like. And was yeah. it difficult or, you know, what, what happened? Because I think for a lot of people and especially people who are listening, maybe for the first time, yeah, you can often do a second journey with a surrogate and many relationships with surrogates start thinking you're going to do another journey together. So what was that conversation like with Violet's carrier and and how did you move forward from that?
1: Violet's carrier had going in when we first met each other, um, had wanted to do a sibling project for us. And so, um, when we learned that she would be unable to carry again, um, you know, it was, it was a, a difficult period. Um, like I said, for, for all people involved for, for different reasons. Um, And so she, she knew that we wanted a larger family and she, um, I just, I brought it up to her. I said, I just want to let you know that we're going to start the process again. Um, and you know, even though, I mean, I think she, she wanted to, Carrie Forskin, obviously to help us grow our family, but because you know we just really grew to love each other. and at really, this point it
0: means way more it than means when you sign up more than when yeah, you sign yeah, up. Yeah. yeah,
1: and she just she was such a good friend of mine and and I know that she loved and respected me too. and she was like, I know like I you know what I mean and and um, um she she was okay with that and mm-hmm. she want she wanted that for me, definitely.
0: I, it must not have been easy for her, I think, just no. because you have an idea of what you expect the journey to be yeah. like and yeah, yeah, and um, when it doesn't meet that expectation, it can be it can be sad,
1: yeah, yeah, um.
0: But you were able to move forward.
1: We were able to move forward, yeah.
0: And with her, and also with her um, as a friend. As a friend. To, you, to support and it you through kind a, of, yeah. It
1: allowed us to move out of the roles of IP and carrier and just into our roles as who we were as, as women and yeah. really be, fr- be friends. Be yeah. friends with it, the bonus that she started my family and helped yeah. me become a mother. And yeah. that was really special in and of itself.
0: So um we know about what the matching process is yes. like. Yep. What's it like the second time?
1: Yeah, you know, I think you're still you're still nervous obviously. Um but we kind of knew what to expect. We kind of knew what the process was going to be like. You know, it
0: takes some time. So we weren't, yeah,
1: it takes time. Uh Um, Lots of time, lots of hoops. But um, so we kind of knew that going in. And so I think we were a little bit more laid back in that respect. Um, So again, we um, contacted Mary and Leanne and say, Hey, we're ready. You know, we're ready to try again. And um, she got back to me um and said um we have someone and i think she's going to be an awesome fit for you guys um she has carried once before also so she's worked with another family um a healthy baby boy and that family was one and done but she just had such a great experience um And just really wanted to carry again for another family and was willing herself, too, to get to know another family and develop a relationship with someone. Um, And so we said, you know, sure. And you exchange all the information, which is like, oh, I hope they like me. And, they, you know, Um, we decided to meet and met her and her husband um, again with Mary and Leanne over in Madison. Um, And again, walked in and. It was, it was just super. Did you have the butterflies? It was super. Yeah. But it was, it was, yes, of course. Of course. <laughs> I mean, it's hard not to, if yeah. you don't, you're probably not experiencing it on the level that you should or yeah. to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everyone was just, obviously you're nervous, but you're just a little bit more, we all had been around the block before. We kind of knew how Did it all like worked and stuff over like that.
0: You're you know, having done it before and kind of sharing the stories, you know, the surrogacy stories together,
1: yeah, eventually we think we both kind of knew each other's stories and kind of what what went down and what the situation does. um, Mary and Leanne are really good about, you know, disclosing um, disclosing that and really um take heart in in matching um, and um, yeah, we just kind of hung out. We actually had our Violet with us, who was like 11 months old at the time. Um, and funny enough, um, our carrier, um, she had two children of her own carried for another family, had one more child of her own, whose name was Violet. Oh,
0: uh, wow. Well.
1: And so if anything, I think we really bonded over that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, how old was her violet at the time? She was young. She was yeah. an infant
1: still wow. yeah, yeah,
0: okay. so, um, what was this pregnancy like then and in in what ways did that time differ from you know your first pregnancy? That you, went
1: you know it it honest it was it worked out so well, yeah. and it was it was perfect, and it was the perfect match. um our carrier um she she had a full-time job and she had three kids of her own and (laughs) i was a relatively new mom and had a full life myself and so um we'd we'd text a ton um back and forth and um and again just i i feel i'm very grateful and i feel very lucky but i developed a very, um, strong, solid friendship with her as well throughout that pregnancy. And, um, we had a slight miscarriage scare at the beginning. Um, Me,
0: does that mean you, like she had a miscarriage with a uh, transferred embryo?
1: No. Um, she after, um, cause she, we, we did the transfer early December. Um, can I ask, did you do a fresh transfer again? We did frozen. Okay. Frozen. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we um we did frozen. Yep. Um because we had embryos left over from the yep. fresh cycle, frozen. Um and um so anyway, and so she, you know, however many weeks in, yeah. you're supposed to wait for the blood test. Of yeah. course they don't. Yeah. Um and um so you know, I get um, you know, a text and there's all these you know, pregnancy tests lined up and the, the line gets stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And, um, so then it was a a couple of weeks after that and it was over kind of Christmas. Um, and she called me at like seven o'clock in the morning and was like, you know, I had some cramping and spotting overnight and, I'm a little worried. I just wanted to let you know. And she had like thrown all of her kids in. It's like the heart of winter, threw them in the car, 7 a.m. in the morning, driving down to the clinic just to get, you know, blood tests just to make sure. So I um, was like, oh, you know, okay. Yeah. Um, and you have to wait till the afternoon when they read all the results and stuff like that. But it ended up being um, just fine. And that was yeah. like the only hiccup, if yeah. you will, in the pregnancy. And the pregnancy was just super, super chill. Yeah. Just like her and just how <laughs> Bram ended up being. So Aww. yeah, it was, yeah.
0: Um, what was this delivery like for you? Uh, I'm assuming that yeah. you didn't have three weeks near her home. We didn't have three weeks yeah. near her
1: home. Nope. And um, she's, like I said, the pregnancy went really well. Um,
0: was it scheduled or? It
1: was a scheduled induction. Yep. At 39 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um and so we were able to plan, we were able to go over, um, to Madison, um, and stayed, you know, stayed in a hotel yeah. the night before. Um, and we spent some time with her and her family and like her and I went and got pedicures like the <laughs> night before or the day before. And just, again, it just felt really good to spend time with her family yeah. and for her kids. And I still remember her like youngest daughter, like came bolting out of the car and like came up and like hugged me and was like, Amy, And Aww. you know, that was, that meant a lot to me. Um, because it's not just, you know, the, the carrier it's going through. It is, it is the, the family, it is the family. And, um, yeah, so that was, that was really fun. And then the morning of, you know, we were kind of seasoned veterans at the time. So we didn't show up at six. (laughs) Um, but you know, fortunately she, she was dilated a little bit in the morning. And so it was going to go a little bit quicker. Um, and so we got there, um, and I'll just kind of hung out. Um it was Evan and I and her husband and her and um it was just it was just really comfortable. Can't Very much Violet like was? the first time. Violet was with grandma and grandpa. Uh, sure.
0: Um in Madison. In Madison okay, at yeah. the hotel. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: So she was they were there. They were waiting. Obviously they were there yep. to help watch Violet. But so Evan and I went to the hospital and then um yeah, and just like the first time around, it was just really comfortable. Like I just felt like we just we matched really well with with the families. And, it, and
0: that that match like the the kind of the rightness of the match the yeah. fit was evident on delivery day,
1: yes, oh yes, <laughs> and and all along where yeah. you're like how oh, make a good team, you know, like um
0: but it's even amazing that that team kind of vibe shows up on delivery day, mm-hmm. you know and that and that your friendship um becomes a part of the experience mm-hmm. on that day.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think, um, like, and I've said it a lot, not only do you have a lot of respect for each other, but there's, there's a strength in that. And there's yeah. a kind of, you know, regardless of what happens, like I'm here, I'm here for you. You know, I mean, obviously you're, you're carrying my baby, you're carrying your yeah. child, which is a miracle in and of itself. But, but i I do want the best you know yeah. for you as well whenever you need like I'm here
0: I remember on my delivery day I just felt like uh, it wasn't like I was hovering necessarily but I my like radar was on for anything yeah that I could help make better yeah. you know it's yeah. like do you need some ice water like right. do you, what do you I, do you need a pillow is anything in the room bothering anyone right. you know <laughs> it's right. just like anything I could do to make it better
1: right um, yeah. Cause obviously you would.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You just want to be a part of it. You want to be a part of make it. it. Make it good. Yeah. Do you remember, um, when Bram was born, uh, kind of like the moment?
1: Yeah. Yep. I was lucky. Um, Evan just kind of always chose to camp out, you know, uh-huh. by the head. Yeah. Um, but um, both Violet's carrier and Bram's carrier were like, you can be anywhere you want to be. And so, um, I was able to, to hold a leg with, with both of them. Um, which is really fun to be a part of. And, and yeah, I I remember, I remember, um, yeah, the exact moment that both of them were born.
0: Um, and with Bram, he is 39 weeks.
1: He was 39 weeks. So,
0: Um, he's not rushed off to the NICU. No. So did no. you get to hold him right we away? We did.
1: We did. Yep. And so, um, a carrier wanted where, um, they put the baby on her. And then, um, I think Evan clipped the umbilical cord this last time. And I did the first time with Violet. Um, and then she wanted to be the one to hand the baby to me to hand. Yeah. So we have a really beautiful picture of her handing me oh. Bram. And then we did the skin to skin.
0: Yeah. Um, what was it like then to come home and have your babies after so many years of wanting it to feel like this?
1: Yeah. Um, I remember taking a picture, um, we had Violet and Bram and then our two dogs, which are like our fur babies, Mm -hmm. um, on the couch. And it was just like, it's, it's one of my favorites because it was like all my babies. I was like, mom, we were this little family and, um, it was the just the best feeling in the whole world just this feeling of peace
0: do you remember how you felt um kind of towards your surrogates and and for them after you were home with your kids like what was your relationship like with them and kind of what you felt about the process of working with them
1: Yeah, you know, the moment when either your carrier leaves the hospital or you do and you kind of go home, it's kind of bittersweet because you've shared this incredible experience together. um, And now this certain part of it um, is is over. Um, But if you're lucky enough to feel that, it means that you had a really special relationship with your carrier. And after the birth, um, I definitely stayed in contact with both of them. Um, obviously, life takes over and everyone's busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you don't communicate maybe as often as you did even that first year after the baby was born. Um, the, but I was thinking about going in um, to this interview and I think about them every day. While they're not genetically related to my children in any way, when I look at my children, I do see them and, and I love it. I love it. I think about both of them every single day. Um, I just think it's a really, really special thing. Even though there were bumps in the road as there are with any, any story, any journey, any, you know, you just, you navigate your way through all those tough times, but but there is so much like beauty and magic and light and i just i i mean i i want to sh- i want to share that i mean i do i feel so lucky um that i that i have two new best friends because of this <laughs> like even though we don't talk as often as we could i could text either one or i could sit down on the couch with either one today and sit and talk the whole afternoon, like no time had passed at all. <laughs> and that's a really, I mean, I don't take that lightly. Like that's something really special. And um, something you I, didn't
0: know you would have.
1: Yeah. I didn't know I would have. And it's funny thinking back that I was going to be like, when they asked what type of relationship I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Like, do, am I going to want to talk to her? Am I going to want it? And it's just funny. It's laughable now. Cause it's like, it was the complete opposite. Yeah. Um, and I mentioned earlier just how close I am with my family. And I anyone who knows me knows that my sisters are like my everything to me. And it was kind of like both carriers became like honorary sisters. Like they will always be a part of our family. Like there's nothing that's gonna take that away. And I, I truly feel that they feel the same way.
0: There are a lot of families, obviously there are families like mine that are two men where they know that surrogacy might be an option. But there are particularly a lot of women who come to surrogacy um, that have been through a lot of difficulty. Yeah, yeah. In lots of different kinds of ways. But yeah. it, in, in in every situation, it's because they really need someone else to carry their baby. And that can be very hard. Mm-hmm. What would you tell them about the journey um, and advice that you might give them? Um, especially for people who are a place where you used to be mm-hmm. with very little information yeah, and with no idea of what the journey is really like?
1: Um, I would say one thing that helped us is t- to kind of be as, as, as open as you can um, and just really, Lean in and, and trust your your um, carrier and the choices that they're going to make. Um, the women that sign up and choose to be carriers have not come to this decision lately. It's been something that they feel that they've been called to do and which we're so lucky that they trusted <laughs> their intuition because I would not be a mother if, if not. Um, I think like a lot of people ask like did you want to, you know, control everything? Did you want to control their diet? And I was like, you know, no, I just, I trusted them to take care of my baby like they mm. would their own and they did. And there are times I'm like, oh my gosh, you took care of that baby probably better than I would have. <laughs> you know, they take it very seriously. Yeah. And um, so we were, we were pretty laid back about it, but, and I understand and everyone, some women might come into it and Lord knows the things that they've gone through to yeah. get to that point. And that is not easy.
0: And like you said, you had time. I had time. To to deal with, you know, the difficult had, parts of your fertility journey.
1: I had for the most part dealt with a lot of the emotional aspects yeah. of it in years years prior leading mm-hmm. up to that. So for me it was more like excitement. But I think if you if you are open and establish a certain level of trust, I think it can be really really enjoyable. And I think you're going to surprise yourself with, um, the, the relationship and the, the, the amount of love that's involved. I think it's life-changing.
0: There's joy to let in. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. They say the wound is where the light enters you. I think that that's roomy, but it's so true.
0: Hope Works is a podcast created by Hope Surrogacy. We love sharing these surrogacy stories with you. Make sure that you subscribe at hopesurrogacy.com slash podcast or on iTunes so you don't miss a minute. Thank you to the entire community of surrogates, parents, and supporters who make this work so amazing. And an extra special thank you to Amy. Amy, your family is so beautiful, and your perseverance and bravery brought so much love into the world. Including those incredible kids. We'd also like to give a big thank you to Seed Trust, who has helped make this episode possible. Seed Trust provides dependable escrow services for surrogates, intended parents, and egg donors. During your surrogacy journey, you have got to have a solid plan for your finances. Believe me, as a parent who had a baby through surrogacy, I know. At Seed Trust, you'll find quality managers you can count on and a secure online platform that's accessible, transparent, and reliable. Ctrustescrow.com. On time, online, worry-free. That's Ctrustescrow.com. If you're listening now and you're interested in finding out more about becoming a surrogate, come chat with us at HopeSurrogacy.com Find stories on the blog, leave us a message on our contact page, or come say hello on Instagram and Facebook. Just search at Hope Surrogacy. Thank you for listening to HopeWork. On behalf of all of us at Hope, Mary, Leanne, Amy, and myself, we can't wait to hear from you and to talk about how Hope works.